You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Parliament recovers from a brute force attack. Reports on election hacking in the U.S. suggest there was some American cyber retaliation last year against Russian influence operations. Black tech goes after intellectual property in East Asia. Windows Defender gets a patch, but Windows 10 source code leaks. Fireball malware's extent is disputed. ISIS hacktivists deface websites associated with the government of the state of Ohio. And how much can we count on common sense? I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Monday, June 26, 2017. Last Friday, the British Parliament sustained a brute force attack on email credentials belonging to members and staff. Around 90 accounts are thought to have been targeted. The principal concern that's been voiced is the possibility of blackmail. Authorities took down the email service and required password resets, which itself represented a significant disruption. Initial attribution was to an unspecified foreign intelligence service. That service has now by consensus been specified. It's Russia's. What is a brute force attack and how do you conduct one? The CyberWire's glossary defines it as an exhaustive search for a cryptographic key or password that proceeds by systematically trying all alternatives until it hits on the right ones. It can be resource intensive, but it can work too. We heard from High Tech Bridge CEO Ilya Kolichenko about brute force attacks, and he pointed out that such attacks can be simple and cheap to organize. He said virtually any teenager could be behind it, but he also thinks they can be relatively easy to defend against. He said, quote, A simple brute force attack can normally be detected and blocked within a minute. He draws the lesson that fundamentals are still being ignored by governments that ought to know better. Those fundamentals, he thinks, include two-factor authentication, strict password policies, and regular audits for weak passwords and non-compliance. Other measures like advanced IP filtering and anomaly detection would also help. Inquiry into Russian influence operations against last November's U.S. elections turns up records that purport to show that then-President Obama, responding to concerns from Democratic members of Congress, directed cyber retaliation against Russia using implants that would hurt. Russia's demonstration of a grid-hacking capability against Ukraine continues to stir concerns in the power sector. An op-ed in the Moscow Times suggests that publicly expressed fear of Russian cyber capabilities plays into President Putin's hand. It's a weak hand, most foreign policy experts think, but Mr. Putin has played it extremely well. 
The editorialist calls it dark power, the malign shadow of soft power. If soft power exerts itself in the form of positive examples, dark power does so through fear, and this can be seen in cyber operations as well, more luridly in assassinations. Researchers at security firm Trend Micro are outlining the activities of the Black Tech Cyber Espionage Group, which is prospecting East Asia, especially Japan, Taiwan, and Hong Kong, for industrial intellectual property. They've linked Black Tech, which they describe as active and well-funded, to campaigns known as Plead, Shrouded Crossbow, and Water Bear. Black Tech is working against bugs in outdated software, especially old Windows versions, and has been seen using tools leaked from controversial lawful intercept vendor Hacking Team. It's shaping up to be a challenging week for Microsoft. Redmond quickly patched another flaw in Windows Defender that Google's Project Zero uncovered, and that's the good news. Checkpoint has been following the Windows malware that goes by Fireball. The security company and Microsoft are at loggerheads over just how many Fireball victims are out there. Checkpoint puts the count at 250 million. Microsoft says it wasn't nearly that bad. And anyway, Windows 10S users were all safe. Windows 10S itself, however, may still be susceptible to attack by malicious word macros, as suggested by a proof-of-concept ZDNet organized. Microsoft has also disclosed that Windows 10 source code, about 10 terabytes of secure code and internal builds, according to reports, has leaked online, where it's now open to whatever inspection and exploitation can make of it. Pro-ISIS hacktivists, the usual skids belonging to Algeria-based Team System DZ, have defaced sites belonging to the state of Ohio with a message reading, You will be held accountable, Trump, you and all your people, for every drop of blood flowing from Muslim countries. Ohio is almost certainly just a target of opportunity. We've seen before that Islamist hacktivists have shown a predilection for indifferently defended government sites in the American heartland. Most of them have tended to be at the municipal level. The state of Ohio is a somewhat bigger fish. But ISIS hacktivists still haven't shown the sort of serious offensive capability many observers have long feared. Finally, there's an opinion piece running in CNET that got us thinking. The lead says, Changing your password needs to become like washing your hands after using the bathroom. A habit. We're a long way off from that. This is the editorialist's partial answer to the question posed in the headline, What will it take for cybersecurity to become common sense? A lot, one thinks. It's hard not to sympathize with the writer, and surely he's right that it's baffling to find that people still think 123456 is a perfectly good password, and that it could be made even better if they added a 7 for added complexity. Heck, just ask people hanging out in Parliament's bar in Westminster what a good brute forcing was like. But passwords have probably reached their limits, and changing them is a marginal improvement at best. And besides, chasing the spread of common sense can be like chasing any other will-o'-the-wisp. One of our stringers insists that we take the hand-washing metaphor seriously. He was up in New York all last week, and he says that if hand-washing is common sense, then common sense is surprisingly lacking in the restrooms at the Port Authority. We begged him not to go on without success, and we'll spare you the details of his account, but to summarize, if our hopes for security rest on a widespread outbreak of common sense, well, Moses may have brought down the Ten Commandments, and no one's exactly nailed those. Sands gave us 20 controls. 
Sure, they're valuable and sensible and need to be taken seriously, but is the Sands Institute likely to do better than Moses? And on that uplifting note, we hope we at least got your mind out of the Port Authority. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by David DeFore. He's the Senior Director of Engineering and Cybersecurity at WebRoot. David, welcome back. Um, we wanted to touch on phishing today. It's that attack vector that just doesn't seem to want to go away. Uh, that's right. And David, thanks for having me back. Um, phishing continues to be uh, the, the number one way folks get infected. And, and it won't go away. You're absolutely correct, most likely, because it's a great business model. Um, I, can, I can blast out a bunch of emails with uh, malicious links that, that redirect people to sites where I'm trying to get their account information. And even if I'm only getting a, you know, a tenth of a percent or even less of hits, uh, I'm getting a lot of valuable information um, from, from people who, who don't realize that they're giving it to me. And we've seen some high-profile phishing attacks lately. Yes, we have with people emulating uh, Google Docs, DocuSign, and these are very professionally done. They look very um, authentic. And then once you've given out that information, the, the nefarious actors are able to breach those those sites and, and, and get to your information. So, so it's once again, it's being very diligent because these, they're getting very good at this uh, type of attack. And if I'm someone who, whose job it is to protect my organization's network, this is one I think that leaves me scratching my head because what I'm really up against is human nature. 
Yes, and, and David, I've, I might have said this to you before, and, and the folks around here get, get really tired of hearing this, but but in, in 1988, when I joined the U.S. Air Force, one of the number one ways of attack was someone figuring out how to get your username and password, and, and here we are almost 30 years later, and the number one form of attack is someone trying to get your username and password. Really, this all boils down to teaching the user um, how to identify a phishing site and not being drawn in. This is strictly a user product. There's a lot of tools we can put in place to try to block those URLs and block those sites, but but they still get through email systems and email filters. And at the end of the day, if we can educate our users, that's that's the number one way of prevention. And what about the notion of the you know the carrot versus the stick of rewarding people for doing the right thing versus punishing people if they make their wrong choice? That's a great idea, and, and in fact, I, I think a lot of folks um, would like to to figure out how to do that better. I don't know what the the carrot is, but I do believe that that's probably the better way, so people are conscious and they're 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 more aware rather than being fearful of something. Yeah, it seems like such a complex problem because on the one hand, you can stand up technical solutions to this and try to defend yourself against, uh, you know, if someone has accidentally compromised your, your system, that insider threat. But but again, it's just so hard to uh, fight against human nature. People are curious or, or, uh, or lazy or, or just uh, will click those links. They will. And, and the single biggest piece of advice if you're going to go to a link is type it in that address bar don't don't click the link and i know it's fun to look at the youtube video and and things but but typing that link in is is the most sure way of getting to where you want to go all right david defore thanks for joining us are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.